God's dream is not about living up in the air or uh, having this Christian bubble in our lives because God's promise will be actually accomplished and fulfilled in our everyday life and reality. And hence, in order for God's vision and dream to be unfolded in our lives, there is a price that we have to bear. We have to also understand that God's kingdom dream, in the center of God's kingdom dream, there is a cross. There's a cross of Jesus Christ, and that is the centrality of God's kingdom dream. So there is no God's redemption, God's kingdom dream without the cross of Jesus Christ. So we know that Jesus came to fulfill God's kingdom dream and he had to take up the cross in order to pay for our sins and our death. So in other words, there is no uh, dream without the cross of Jesus Christ. We also remember that Jesus was sinless. He was the Son of God, Messiah, who was blameless and yet who had to go through sufferings that how much more that you and I, that we have full of our faults and flaws and weakness, may need to go through such sanctification process in the midst of living out God's kingdom dream. All the biblical characters, as they receive God-given dream and the kingdom dream, they had to go through this process of going through suffering and being sanctified in the midst of seeing God's fulfillment in their everyday life. So how does God sanctify our dreams and how does God sanctify the dreamers? The first, we recognize that there are times that God-given dream may feel like nightmare. Even for Joseph, who received this dream, you know, who was in a way uh, spoiled up until 17 years old. You know, he was protected by his father, received favoritism, you know, wearing special clothes, the robe of color. But unexpectedly, he faced suffering and hardship in his life. And one day, his father called Joseph. Joseph, you know what? I have a mandate or I have task for you to do. And apparently, his, all the older brothers have left to tend the flock and far away in a distant place. And you can see that how much jo uh, Joseph was loved and protected by his father because uh, Jacob has sent all the brothers, all the ten older brothers far away you know, risking their lives, taking care of the flock, and that Joseph had to stay home. You know, he didn't have to work. You know, he was relaxing. Maybe he was just like daydreaming, uh, being spoiled, protected. Now, I don't know what happened to Jacob. Maybe one day, uh, how come my sons are not coming back? Maybe it's been a month. It was not like one or two days. So Jacob wanted to make sure that his sons, the other sons, were okay. Maybe on the other hand, Jacob thought, you know what, I can't just leave him or Joseph to be spoiled like this. Maybe I need to give him something to do. Uh, so Jacob called Joseph and said, now I want you to go and find your brothers, whether they're okay. The first 
Uh, Joseph thought the brothers went to Shechem. So he went all the way to Shechem, but uh, his brothers were not there. And someone said uh, the brothers went to Dothan, so he traveled far north to Dothan as well. Dothan was a known place as a, you know, where the animals and sheep would be tent as well. And they had uh, plenty of field and food for animals to be fed. Even the location, it was like about 120, 130 kilometers away from Hebron where the Joseph and Jacob, the whole family, reside. Now, if you are pretty bad with distance, you know, 120, 130 kilometers is like from Toronto to Waterloo. And that's the exact distance. Some of you, you know, actually drove all the way from Waterloo. But can you imagine walking, you know, back then by himself? That you are in a danger of risking your life. You know, there are a lot of thieves on the road, in the desert. But sending Joseph all the way and traveling. And yet Joseph was determined, you know what, my father gave me this task. I want to be obedient. I want to make sure that I fulfill the task that was given. Uh, some of the commentators were saying that, you know what, it's like a Joseph. You know, he was, uh, Jesus was sent by the father. Again, there's a contrast because Jesus was a son of God, Messiah, sinless. On the other hand, Joseph, full of faults, weakness, pride, self-righteous. And as Joseph was sent all the way to fulfill the task, what was waiting for Joseph was not welcome arms by his brothers, but suffering, unexpected pit was waiting for Joseph. And even the suffering and unexpected pit was prepared not by his enemies, but by his own brothers, his own sibling. Brothers and sisters, we have to recognize that there are times that we have a God kingdom dream and we want to fulfill, we want to be obedient. And yet we go through such suffering, not from far above, not from far away, but even people that are close to us. Sometimes it could be from your parents. You know, you want to fulfill God's calling, but your parents may give you a hard time. Even your spouse, even your children, you know, they may actually object or they may give you a hard time. You're so excited, you're so pumped when God gave you a dream. It's like, you know what? I'm so excited. I want to be used by God. And yet, what waiting was a pit. Betrayal. Disappointment, hatred, hurt, misunderstanding. And that's a Christian life and missions. And we think that you know, reaching out to Malton, you know, that's great. Uh, you know, we can preach the gospel even in our workplace. But in reality, people are not going to welcome you all the time. They may mock you. They may criticize you. They may put you down. So what happens to your dream? You know, they may question. The brothers, they knew that Joseph was their brothers in 27. He is our brother, our own flesh, even though the Joseph was their own flesh. They end up trying to kill him and later selling him as a slave all the way to Egypt. 
Not only that, the brothers, you know, they decide to lie to their father, Jacob. So later bringing this clothes with, you know, blood on it and lying that Joseph was killed by wild animal. And jo uh, Jacob was crying and mourning, devastated. His favorite son being killed by a wild animal. Listen to this. Listen to this in verse 34 to 35. Then Jacob tore his garments and put sackcloth on his loins and mourned for his sons many days. All his sons and all his daughters rose up to comfort him and refused to be comforted and said, No, I shall go down to Sheol to my son mourning. Does his father wept for him? Can you imagine this old man crying, almost like dying, weeping and mourning, and yet all these ten sons, none of them will tell him the truth. Deceiving their own father. But those of us who know the Bible, we know that Jacob himself, he was a deceiver. Deceiving his own father you know, in order to steal the first right, the firstborn right. Cheating and lying to his own uncle, Laban. Now he gets exactly the same thing from his sons. And all, none of the Sons will tell Jacob the truth. For instance, there's many times that that's how we are, that we're so self-centered. We're so busy about protecting ourselves. Whenever suffering comes, uh, the question, the first question that we ask is, so what's going to happen to me? How can I protect myself? How can I protect my immediate family? Even as we go through uh, difficult times right now, or some of the people are very paranoid because of coronavirus. And even though there are only two people uh, confirmed in Toronto and one in London, and many of us, we are worried about our own health. But I wonder how many of us are right now praying for China. There are brothers and sisters who are persecuted who are quarantined without food. You know, I got a message through our missions committee, even our own missionary, our brother Andy's parents right now, they're in China. They cannot even go out from their house. But thankfully, they have some food right now, the left, so that they are managing, they're surviving. But they ran out of water, so they had to boil water. I wonder how many of us are really praying for China missionaries, and somehow that God will use this for us to really pray and intercede for people who are hurting. And yet whenever we go through the suffering or difficult times, we're in a panic mode that it's all about self-preservation. What's going to happen to us? What's going to happen to me? So Joseph was sold by his brothers by 20 shekels of silver, just like Jesus was sold by Judas, 30 shekels of silver. But when we fall into a trap or a pit like this, we always, first thing that we do is we question God. God, why are these things happening to me? 
And we question God-given dream. God, I thought it was a kingdom dream. I thought it was God-given dream. In our missions field, even in our family, and some of us, we have a dream about building godly family, you know, godly marriage, you know, godly disciple, children, and yet sometimes through suffering, we question, is this God-given dream or a nightmare? Maybe some of us, we are experiencing like a dream, like a nightmare. But why does God allow such pit in our lives? What is God trying to accomplish? The second thing that we find in this passage is that Joseph being stripped away. In verse 23, they stripped him of his robe and the robe of many colors that he wore. Remember last Sunday we heard, you know, Joseph was given this special privileged outfit, unlike his brothers, boasting and walking around and showing himself up. So Joseph's brother hated not only Joseph and Joseph's dream, but the clothes, the robe. So the first thing that they did was strip him naked. The Joseph's robe was a robe of jealousy, robe of ambition, robe of pride, robe of competition, self-righteousness, and especially you know, the robe of jealousy and, you know, hatred. You know, that's the scariest. Even in our lives, you know, we may not even say out loud, but sometimes we compare ourselves and we get jealous when someone's doing well. And that really shows the root of our sinful, broken nature, isn't it? And there was one il illustration uh, that two competitive shopkeepers, and they were, you know, bitter rivals. And their stores were directly across the street from each other. And they would spend each day keeping track of each other's business, you know, whether the other store is doing better. Competition, jealous. If one got a customer, he would smile in triumph. I won. I'm doing better than you. And one night, an angel appeared to one of the shopkeepers in a dream. And he said, you know what? I will give you anything you ask under one condition. But whatever you receive, you will receive, but your competitor will receive twice as much. If you want to be rich, I will make you rich, but your competitor will be, you know, you know twice as richer. If you want to be healthy, you're going to be healthy, but your competitor will be healthier. So what would you wish? What would be your answer? What would you ask? The man frowned and thought for a moment, and you know what he said? You know what? Here's my request. Strike me blind in one eye. (laughs) 
This story was found in one of the C.S. Lewis books, and that really portrays our human flesh, you know, our evil desire. Brothers and sisters, what are some of the clothes that you need to be stripped away? I'm not talking about external clothes, but our internal. Maybe some of us, we still have the clothes of ambition, hatred, pride. Or somehow we think that we are privileged, we are different than other people, just like Joseph. You know what? Brothers, you know, you go all the way to Shechem and Dothan because you deserve to work, but not me. You know, I des- I'm special. Right? But you know, that clothes of privilege and pride, self-righteousness, they had to be stripped out, stripped away because God wanted to make Joseph as a servant, blessing other people, But in order for God's kingdom dream to be fulfilled in his life, there are certain clothes and certain robe that God had to strip away naked. Not only to Joseph, but all of us even in our lives. What are some of the clothes that God is, you know, um, stripping away in your life? It is painful. It is Shameful. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 says, To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. And Paul is very clear in order for us to put on new self, we need to put off old self. In order for us to experience God's kingdom dream in our lives, we need to be stripped away. Again, I I mentioned Jesus who was sinless, blameless, son of God, need to be stripped away in order to go to the cross. That how much more that you and I need to be stripped away Maybe in your relationship right now, your pride, your ego are being stripped away. And yet, you have to remember that that is the sanctification process that God is working intentionally in your life and God is even allowing certain pits in your life. And one by one, as you are stripped away, instead of questioning God and blaming God, but somehow that really coming to understanding in humility, God, through this process, what do you want me to learn and how do you want me to grow? And how do you want me to discover and discern your will and your calling in my life? When Joseph was stripped away, he could easily blame his brothers and circumstance and family. He could blame God and say, how could this be happened, God? And I'm sure that's what Joseph felt. 
The story will unfold. But part of the last point that I just want to share with you in this passage is that we have to remember that God is in control. Even betrayal and hatred, I'm not saying that God made it happen, but God allowed in his bigger picture of sovereignty, the hatred from his brothers, betrayal and suffering. But even in the midst of all those mess and brokenness and hatred, notice in this story that we find comfort because God intervenes. God still works through people. The brothers were determined to kill Joseph. But God intervenes even through someone like Reuben, the oldest brother. What did Reuben say? In verse 22, Reuben said to them, Shed no blood, throw him into this pit here in the wilderness, but do not lay a hand on him that he might rescue him out of their hand to restore him to his father. So even though other brothers tried to kill Joseph, Reuben, but if you really think about it, that's like really ridiculous. Reuben is the oldest son. You know, come on, he should step up better. You know what? I'm the oldest son. Don't challenge me. I'm going to protect Joseph. Don't touch him. But even Reuben, he was scared. You could see, you know, what kind of dynamic, the relationship all the brothers had. You know, they're all stepbrothers. So Reuben was scared. You know what? I'm outnumbered. You know, I may get killed too. So Reuben decided, you know what, just leave him there, and that he was going to quietly come back and rescue Joseph. But even though Reuben, you know, didn't have courage to step up, at least he intervened. And in that timing, in the desert, the Israelites said, the merchants, they were passing by. It's not an accident. It was God's timing. God sent and God allowed the Gilead, Israelites, to pass by during that time. And the story goes, they were on their way to Egypt. And we know the bigger plan, God's redemptive plan, not only it's bigger than Joseph, God was going to send Joseph to Egypt. Later, eventually, to save the Israelites, protect the Israelites in Egypt. Even though it, there was a hatred, betrayal, being naked, falling into a pit, going through a failure or success, and all this drama and brokenness in the midst of our everyday life, and yet in a bigger scheme that somehow God intervenes and God works through Every situation. Brothers and sisters, that is the hands of God. So God intervenes and God sends Israelites. And in that timing, God also works through Judas, one of the brothers. And Judas said, you know what? What good is it for us to kill? You know, let's just at least make money out of this. Let's make a profit out of this. And brothers thought, that's a good idea. Let's get rid of him and let's also make money. I'm not saying that Reuben and Judah did a great job. They should have done better. 
But yet at the same time, we know that God worked through their conscience and their hearts in order to protect Joseph. Brothers and sisters, when we face suffering, when we fall into a pit in our lives, there are certain things that God wants to do in our lives, but we need to make sure that ultimately our lives are under the hands of God. God is in control. God knows you. God has a plan for your life. Not only for your life, God has a plan for your children. God has a plan for our, cho- uh, our church, our community. He is sovereign. He will make a path in the wilderness. And he will make a river in the desert. The one thing that we have to be reminded again, even when we go through suffering in our lives, we will never, that God will never fail us. In a way, someone says that suffering is like a tunnel for us to go to God's dream. Someone even mentioned it's like a suffering is a shortcut. to experience fulfillment of God's will in our lives. Maybe some of us, we're going through a tunnel of our lives. Maybe some of the moms, as you're staying home, maybe you're going through a tunnel. Maybe some of you are going through study or workplace. Maybe you're going through a season where, like, you're going through a dark tunnel of your life or you're falling into a pit. But I hope and pray that in that suffering or in that difficult season of your life, somehow that God will strip away some of your old clothes, destructive pattern, your sin, addiction, the way that you rely upon the worldly pleasure, and that is much better than those of us who are doing so well in life, everything is comfortable, and yet we have no need to come before the Lord to kneel down before Him. If everything's going well and we have no need to even come before the Lord, that is not a blessing. That's a spiritual curse. As the story unfolds, Joseph, in his pit, being naked, that he will be sent to Egypt. But God is going to a new rope in his life, in his timing. Brothers and sisters, the greatest suffering in human history was again the cross of Jesus Christ. But even in the midst of greatest suffering, we see God's kingdom plan being unfolded and being fulfilled. If we truly believe in the power of the gospel and the hands of God, maybe certain sufferings that we are going through right now, we need to trust that God is in control, that somehow that he is going to do his work, sanctifying us, and he will shape us and mold us 
Not only personally, but even our family, and even our dream, and even our kingdom calling that God has given to us so that we don't give up, but we rely upon God. Let's pray together.